everybody, and welcome back to One of Us is a Filmmaker. Bonjour, everybody. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd switch up my intro today. Nice. And not, not do a uh, hello, hello, hello classic. <laughs> but I'll give it a little mention. Yeah, of course. Because it's a classic. It is a classic. You know what I'm saying? And I'm Orion, uh, not a filmmaker, and this is... Cassia, a filmmaker. A filmmaker, of course. Uh, filmmaker just means I write and direct movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think it means I physically pick up a camera and do all the cinematography stuff, and that's not what I do. You have done that. I've done that, but with a very basic camera, and I don't claim to be any sort of cinematographer. I mean, I've kind of done that too. I mean, who hasn't? If you've got a phone, <laughs> yeah. you've done a tiny bit of it, but to be true, a actually... Yeah, that's true. If you do any social media videos, you're a cinematographer. I'd say narrative cinematographer mm-hmm. is a different yes, yes, yes. kettle of no, fish. No, I'm being... <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Vegetus. Our regular listeners will love this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that goes back way to an old episode where I said facetious. No, no Jiggy was, said facetious. That was... Um, was that an episode or was that during the... Uh, yeah, it was live stream. In, no, it was an episode. Oh, okay. What did you say during the live stream? You said something really funny as well. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. There's We've done a lot of live streams of... now. Maybe we'll be planning another live stream, but who knows? Another live stream. Easy street. Yeah, call it live stream. Should be lime streamed. Lime street. Lime street. <laughs> Catch us on lime street. <laughs> on lime street. No. What a vibe. No. Uh, yes, we're coming to the end of our season three already. I don't know how that's happened. Making moves. We're making moves. It's just flown by it's already 2024 it's over a year of one of us as a filmmaker so i know really getting there it's kind of nice to look back in like on a year <laughs> it's more that i've got like signposts of what's happened in life like thinking about when we recorded each episode That's and when true. they came out and seeing on their instagram because i don't post on my own instagram very mm. often at all no you don't actually no even though i use it for professional things but i've got that anything interesting to say most of the time so the one of us, a filmmaker, I can see him like, oh, that's what my hair was like six months ago. I mean, it actually doesn't change, but... <laughs> no, it doesn't look like... I don't think it would change that much, to be honest. <laughs> In theory, I could do that. My hair probably changes more than yours does. Well, you know, we're talking about movies today where somebody has a big hair transformation. Well, that's a funny segue, <laughs> but yeah, it works true. out. true. Yeah. We are, of course, talking today about... The Princess Diaries movie. The Princess Diaries. Starring the queen, that is Julie Andrews, Mm -hmm. and of course the wonderful Anne Hathaway as well. Mm -hmm. And this is a look back at the classics episode, so we're looking back at Princess Diaries 1 and 2. The double bill. Double bill. Double bill. And, uh, you know, at some point we might expect a Princess Diaries 3. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's been in the works for a long time. Oh, these things always are for a long time. Uh, And, you know, Julie Andrews, she's not getting any younger. Let's put it that way. Bless her. Would she even want to do it? I thought maybe they just wouldn't have her. No, she'd want to do it. She'd love to do it. Julie would do anything. She's up for it. All right. I didn't realise she was your best mate. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the heck? She's just, you know. You do have an uh, affinity for... Julie Andrews. Well, no, it's just what an incredible performer. I mean, for decades and decades. and We did talk about her a lot in the um, musicals episode. Yes, So you should go back and check that out if you uh, haven't listened to that That's one. That's the episode where Fajitas popped up. Right, okay. Not in a live stream. All these stream. connections that are coming. Not in a live stream, not right. in a lime stream. Fajitas. We, we, yes, exactly. <laughs> lime street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Again, this is a late night recording, mm. so who well, knows what's going to happen. I've just had a big bowl of pasta after mm. doing a lot of exercise and then dance so a bit tired but bit full bit full but i'm loving it mm. and i just finished 
watching The Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah. Because I just thought I'd rewatch it again for the mm-hmm. millionth time. Mm-hmm. Last night, me and Ryan both watched Princess Diaries 2, but separately. separately. Yeah. So I'd watched it, and then I just got these random texts from Ryan, like, oh, he's in this, and what the heck? Why is Stan Lee in it? <laughs> <laughs> because, people, did you not know <laughs> Stan Lee pops up in Princess Diaries Why 2? is Stan Lee in Princess Diaries 2? Okay, don't, let's about? not say where he is in the film. Go Let, find him. Go find him <laughs> in Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement. Mm-hmm. And let us know where you find him. Because <laughs> I was I was seeing all these random people and I was like, actually, I kind of understand why they're in this. They're just an actor, right? No, Stan Lee randomly <laughs> shows up. Great. He must have just been on the set, just around, you know. Probably. Probably. Just walking about. Yeah. It's weird because he <laughs> does... A, Marvel cameos. I know, he does lots of Marvel cameos, which makes sense. because And Disney weren't partnered with Marvel at this point. No, and he also, he's not a producer or anything on the films that I could see so hey ho well if any of you didn't grow up in the late 90s early 2000s the princess diaries might not have been a a disney staple for you but Mm. for us certainly was i speak to people Mm. and people speak to me (laughs) yeah and they say the princess diaries is the one a lot of the time people look back at the classics at (laughs) princess diaries and think that's a great film Mm. like people know it yeah. I think, you know. Yes, I think it's more well-known than some other older ones that maybe mm. go under the radar. It's still yeah. got a lot about it. I think it's very beloved still yeah. by a lot of people, even though the first one came out in 2001, mm. so over 20 years ago now. And the... <sighs> Sad statement. I know, and the second movie... Wait, what? 2001 again? Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's our favourite year, 2001, evidently. It's good stuff. And then... Literally, the other one came out in 2004, so 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah, 20 years ago. I was just like, what year is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 2004. Wow. A royal engagement. Incredible. And you presumably know this, but maybe you don't, that The mm. Princess Diaries is based on books. I think I did know that. By Meg Cabo. I didn't know that. Because our sister had the books. Yeah, I thought so. I think I tried reading one, but it's, it's, they're very different to the movie in a lot of ways. Okay. I started to read it and I was like, this is different to the movie, so I'm not going to bother reading it. But that's just, for me, I was not a good reader generally. Uh, As so, in you know. the plot was just completely different? Or? Well, no, the, the core idea is the same. This girl, she lived in New York, not in San Francisco, and she finds out she's a princess and she goes through princess training and all that, but it's stretched over a far longer period of time. Okay. She starts out younger in the books and you see her go all the way through. There's quite a few differences. Interestingly, some of the things that they changed arguably didn't need to be changed so in the book she has a really diverse group of friends which is not reflected in the movies um in the books it's set in new york why they changed it to san francisco for the movies don't really know Mm -hmm. things like that uh also in the books her dad isn't dead he's still alive uh and yeah so there's there's things always change obviously from books to movie to Mm -hmm. adaptation but there's certain things you question did that really need to change yeah Hmm. so i guess we can Give an overview of the story of the film. I mean, essentially, it's very similar to what you said in the book, but um, (laughs) a young girl is in high school and her grandmother comes to tell her that she is, in fact, the princess of this made-up country called Genovia. (laughs) And she is what you might call not necessarily princess material at the beginning of the film. Whatever that means. It's like... Late 90s, early 2000s, not princess material. Yeah, yeah, whatever that means, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, we and, know what that means. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Exactly. And the whole film is just her coming to terms with the fact that she's going to be princess and kind of... Well, she's kind of deciding whether to accept it. She doesn't have to. And uh, the the future of Genovia with her bloodline rests on her making that decision or not. But, you know, she's dealing with school bullies. She fancies this hot guy who's really not hot at all. It's a high school film, really. Yeah, the thing is, it's full of a lot of cliches and it's a whole, like, makeover, like, ugly duckling to swan thing, which Mm -hmm. is very overplayed. There's loads of charm about the movie. The performances are what really make it sing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Julie Andrews is a delight. Anne Hathaway is charming. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. There, there you go. <laughs> That's um, it. That's the entire cast. <laughs> yeah. And it's a universal movie. It was a G in America. And I mm-hmm. think it was a U here. Maybe it was a PG. Mm-hmm. Accessible for all audiences. Exactly. Very, yeah. very easygoing. Yeah, yeah. I'll just run over a few of the key facts about the films. Okay. They were both directed by Gary Marshall. Right. You know what? He's directed before. One of his more famous movies. I do, but I'm not going to guess it because I... He's the rom-com king. Right. Okay. Yeah, so one of his most famous movies is Pretty Woman. Yeah. 1990, everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Sort of launched Julia Roberts into a star, and that's what people coined with um, Princess Diaries doing for Anne Hathaway. I think, yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah, and it was, I mean, it was Anne Hathaway's first movie role. So oh, right. breakout time. She was in a TV show the year before, but that's all she'd done, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know. This was big for her. Very big. Yeah. Made her a star. Well, she's quite good. Imagine, like, finding out that you're acting opposite the Julie Andrews. You'd be like, Wow. Acting opposite Julie Andrews in your first film. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. That's in a big impressive. Disney production, really. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Anne Hathaway got the part, apparently, after just doing one audition. Basically, it was a self-tape because... Right. Uh, or maybe she went into the room and it wasn't a self-tape, but essentially she was going to New Zealand, like, the next day to shoot another movie, which came out later, and was just, like, a tiny little nothing movie. Tiny yeah, little nothing movie. Tiny, <laughs> tiny little. I mean, who knows? It's a blimp of uh-huh. the Anne Hathaway... Um, Filmography. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, she could only do the one audition and uh, it. all the other actresses that were in the final sort of selection had done screen tests, you mm-hmm. know, done more videos, but Disney saw her tape and were like, actually, she's she's the one. She's the one. Apparently, she fell off her chair in the audition, which, you know. That's kind of funny. That's a bit of Mia. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit of Mia Thermopolis. That's a bit of Mia, yeah. So, you know. Well, that's um, quite nice. Quite a nice story, actually. It is nice. It's good. And um, there are a few other people in the cast that are characters in the movie and uh, are staples in the old uh, Gary movies as mm-hmm. uh, so we have Hector Elizondo mm-hmm. who plays Joe who's like the head of his security yeah and uh, he takes on the role of protecting Mia mm-hmm. and he has a few you know funny quick whips that he says yeah he's great he's a great character yeah mm-hmm. and then we have her best friend Lily Moskovitz yeah he's played by Heather Matarazzo she's kind of this like artsy yeah. kind of grungy they always make a talk about like being a vegan and having tofu and how you know yeah and then you also have Mandy Moore was in the film she was a pop bubblegum princess at the time mm-hmm. uh, she was only in 16 when she did this movie mm-hmm. very young yeah. this was her first movie role as wow. well she obviously went uh, to do a lot of other movie roles and she's a big actress now what's the one that she did A Walk to Remember as her like right. famous teen movie that. it's kind of like soppy romantic oh, you know big care. back in the day you probably would have loved it. Oh, I've, well, I've got to watch it then. <laughs> yeah. I should get I, I don't know if it's any good anymore, but it was definitely one that a lot Why of people Why would I have loved it? <laughs> so no, confused. but like we, if we had watched it, it would be nostalgic for us. Oh, okay, right, right. But right. we just missed that train, I think. Oh, okay, I see. You know, Skip that one. We missed that one, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. But, cool. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, we also had, cast-wise, we had Caroline Goodall, who played Mia's mum, Helen, in the movie. And then we have a great cameo role in the first one by the Sandra O, oh, mm-hmm. who is iconic actress. Yeah. Years of being in Grey's Anatomy. She's in Killing Eve. Fantastic. She plays the head teacher. She pops up in one or two scenes. Yeah. Ste- scene stealer. Yeah, I mean, she... <laughs> the queen is coming. Uh, yeah, Grove she, High School. She's not in it loads. That's what I just said. One yeah. or two scenes. Stealing him. Love it. <laughs> I didn't realise you were such a fan of Sandra Oh. Well, she's great. Well, no, I'm not saying she's not great, but I just didn't realise you had this passion. I have passion for Sandra Oh. Okay, sure. I respect that. I'd love to work with her. Get her uh, in there. If you're listening, Sandra. If, if you're listening, <laughs> we'd like to work with you. Let me know. Yeah. But yeah, so it came out in 2001, the first one. It, apparently the box office did about $110 million. What was, what was the budget? It was about $25 million, so... Ooh. Ooh. We like that. <laughs> Four times as much. Yeah, we like that money. It's quite a small budget. Yeah, I mean, it's a smallish Disney movie. It's kind of like a parent trap sort of... Level. Yeah, and I think they weren't expecting it to do as well as it did. So it was a big surprise. It's become a very... That's why I said it's like a lot of people know The Princess Diaries. But it's because $110 million worth of people went to go well, see well, it. Well, yes. I mean, that too. <laughs> and we had it on video and we had it in one of those plastic boxes, but like the soft plastic ones that were a bit chunkier. I always remember that. Yeah. Uh, was there I, other ones? Yeah, the, the thin plastic ones are like hard plastic cases. They're like the more traditional ones, but you had like the squishier, white, bigger ones. I see. <laughs> That's not helping me. Your, your noises are not helping me, but I respect it. Anyway, it was in a different packet to the generic ones. Right, right, right. right. So that was very exciting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. the second movie has a different cast, but the core people are still there. The core there. people are there, but we but have we a have, few extras. We have a few extras, yeah. and um, this came out, as I said, 2004. Today before you, there has yeah, quite yeah, a few extras. Um, and this made about $95 million at the box office. And the budget was a bit more. It was about $40 million. Well, it was probably because they had so many more random people in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why. Well, same director, Gary Marshall. Uh-huh. They um, are tonally similar. I would understand. It makes sense that they're the same director. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and so one of the bigger cast changes, or not cast changes, but new roles, is the new villain, played by jean Rhys Davies. Gimli, my man. <laughs> yeah, he's always there. <laughs> Here he is. Love it. Is he not in the first one at all? No. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, I was just thinking about <laughs> And then we have Chris Pine playing her love interest, but also a sort of antagonist, but love interest at the end. Antagonist gone good. Yeah. Kind of, uh... <laughs> uh, and that's played by Chris Pine. They're kind of the main characters that are important in the second one that this, crop up. This, Chris Pine had been in a few things before this, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. He'd been fairly established. Yeah, this was when Chris Pine was doing those sort of rom-coms, Just My Luck. Yeah. Princess Diary, you know, that sort of thing. Right, right. In that sort of era before he moved on. Into Star Trek. That's Star Trek, <laughs> related to what we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the producers, there's one very famous producer who produced both films, Whitney Houston, baby. Yeah, so we were watching it and I said, Whitney Houston? Yeah. What is she doing producing these films? It's because she has a production company that was they made it with. Uh, with producer enough. Deborah Chase as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Whitney so, Houston's getting involved everywhere, man. I know she she must have loved the material. Mm-hmm. Must have loved it. And then for the writers, the first screenplay was by Gina Wendkos, mm-hmm. still based on the material of Meg Cabo, obviously. Right. The books, and then the second one was written by none other than the Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. The screenplay. Interesting. Very exciting. Mm. You know what else? I realised Shonda Rhimes did the screenplay for Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie. 
She must have just been the one on call for these sorts of cheesy hell movies. We need you. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. I mean, hey, her career has been ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. She's having a good time. She's doing well. She's complaining. No, exactly. But it's interesting to see where she began. Hmm? And yeah, she obviously was the one on call for these sorts of uh, sorts of movies. I would have to strongly say. That I think the first film is much better than the second one. Alright, so now we finally get into it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, we gave you an overview of the setup of the first film. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the second, second film, a Royal Engagement, is essentially it's five years later. Yes, Mia's yeah, it is. twenty-one. She's going back to Genovia and uh, just finished uni. Yeah, just finished uni. She's you know ready to rule and all that. <laughs> um, but Parliament dropped this bomb on her spurred on by John Reese davises character. The trying, antagonist. Yes, yeah. stir the pot so yeah. his uh, handsome nephew, good old Chris Pine, can take over <laughs> good the old throne. Chris Pine. Um, he just throws out this old rule that says that you cannot be queen. If you're a woman, you can't be queen unless you're married. So they basically yeah. give Mia a month to find her husband, basically. And Chris Pine mm. wants to wheedle his way in there because she finds someone to have an arranged marriage with uh, and try and make her fall in love with him so she doesn't want to marry the guy that she's betrothed to and his intentions obviously start out kind of trying to please it's his kind uncle. of evil yeah he's kind of trying to please his uncle and and get in there but then he kind of actually falls for her and feels bad classic basically just feels a bit bad about it it's like it's well like, maybe i shouldn't try yeah. and take the throne off yeah. the person i like yeah exactly interesting but anyway that's the basic setup of both the movies yeah. there you are and i think you're quite right the first one is far superior. Yeah. I think that... Far superior. You know what? What's good about the first one? What is good about The Princess Diaries? Let's give it... Let's let's start there. Before it's... we criticise the second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as I said, the cast is pretty pretty strong. Yeah, it's really good. It is, a, like I said, it's full of cliches. It is the rags to, ri- well, rags to riches, ugly duckling yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know don't really have in movies that much these days because it is an overplayed sort of trope and you know i think mia looked better with her like massive head of hair and her apparently really thick eyebrows which i think looked fine and the fact that she had glasses yeah she did cool girl like that would be cool now the big hair the big shoes chunky platforms the glasses yeah that'd be cool in what used to be considered kind of geeky geeky is actually kind of hipstery kind of cool fashion yeah she's kind of edgy-ish you know kind of vibey yeah so I mean the the, the messaging of that is obviously not great yeah. but <laughs> but it's fun if you're trying not to be too critical of it <laughs> as a kid watching it it's it's actually got a lot of humour in the movie it's low it's really funny film it's, it's great it's really funny yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more the characters that bring it alive like I said I think the banter with Joe yeah. is really strong uh-huh. and Clarice and Mia's relationship obviously played by the actors very strongly yeah is really nice and it is a heartwarming film. I just remember the ending always being really lifted up when the yeah. song comes. You tell me dreams in my life. I this I don't need <laughs> help me fly. Mirrors that in a while. Will you believe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know why I did that high, but there you go. It's beautiful. Our listeners loved it. Well, Princess Diaries <laughs> has a lot of songs in it. Yeah. Especially the second one. It does. Have, oh, 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 we'll get there. We, okay. We'll get there. But yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, I forgot to mention someone important in the second one as well, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But you know, what I always found funny about The Princess Diaries is I never understood why it was called The Princess Diaries until ah, recently. So what's different about the book as well is that the book, 
she gets the diary at the start of the book yeah. and it's like she's writing in a diary and that's why it's called the princess diary yeah because Whereas in the in the movie she didn't get the diary till the end <laughs> yeah they kind of just skipped out the diary part but yeah no that's what i was literally just saying very interesting another change from the book that doesn't really make sense but i guess what would you change the title to if you don't want to distract too far from the book you know no i mean i yeah i i neither here nor there really, yeah no, no no i just yes. it was funny because like only now recently have i been like oh right <laughs> this is diary yeah. she finds Princess this diary diaries. at the very end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so it, it makes more sense in the second one because in the second one she actually is narrating a lot it's well just... only in the very beginning like i said and the end oh yeah fair enough <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I just, we know what your memory is like yeah. the movies. No, I, <laughs> I watched, watched it last it night. I watched it last night, man. Yeah. yeah. No, no narration apart from the very beginning. All right. <laughs> then, I, then I'm more confused why yeah. it's called The Princess Diaries. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. clear it up for me. No, but whatever. Whatever, we'll just accept it. It, it sold the movie fine. Yeah. It did the job. Yeah. Uh, but there's fun scenes, especially in the first one. I love mm. the bit where they have like the whole bit where she's driving a Mustang and Clarice is in the car and then they roll back and down the hill. Yeah. And they yeah. hit the tram. It's yeah. the whole, they like knight the bus driver yeah, and the policeman yeah. to try and, you know, stop Mia from getting a ticket yeah. and walk downtown. Yeah. That's, that's a iconic scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. Plus it's like, the thing I, I always remember is them driving around on electric scooters. Oh, yeah. That was, like, a big thing. That was, like, a fad for a while. Lily and Mia, yeah. Yeah, they just love their electric scooters all over the place. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a San Francisco thing, but it definitely became, like... Oh, yeah, you would want an electric scooter in San Francisco. I mean, going up those hills. Ooh. Yeah, true. We only really saw them going down. <laughs> you know? There's one bit, actually, where you see them going up, but they're walking the scooters, so maybe yeah. that's not... Struggling. Yeah, not, <laughs> not that useful. You know, yeah. It's San Fran. But there's also, we didn't really mention him, but there's another of the friends, which, what's his name? Her love interest, Michael. Michael, yeah. Who's he, also uh, Lily's brother. So. Yeah, Lily's brother. I mean, he kind of... He's a bit of a wet blanket. He's a bit, the guys, yeah. To be fair, the guys are really poor showing, I think, in the first one. Neither him nor the that well Yeah. You know. Yeah, like the, the guy that she's in love with through most of the film, the cool guy in school. Yeah, he's, a, he's a bit of a he's a bit of an annoying guy. Yeah. I'm kind of like, why do you like he's this? He's also person? not good looking at all. No. Well, not, all, yeah. well, not to us, but I mean back then that was hot stuff. Not to me. Like, ooh, I was like, that's not my <laughs> Was that greasy? <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> and then the other guy's no good either, Matthew. He's not not Matthew, yeah, sorry, he's, Michael. He's he's grungy. He's got yeah, barely, barely, ba- barely, barely. <laughs> and he's doing that bit where he's playing the piano. He's got like, the M and M's on it, and I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he, he does have the M and M's on the piano. Just <laughs> so like these guys are cool. Yeah. They have M and M's while they play the piano. Yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, the other scene I really like is when she goes to the dinner and she's like, eats the oh, ice cream with and the mint like, ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I do like the Prime Minister of Genovia. He's fun. Yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, she sets the guy's arm on fire and when she like smashes the glass yeah. and in the second one she... Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. yeah, and then the second one she flings like a bracelet off her hand. Yeah. The same actor who has a similar line in uh-huh. Pretty Woman, he's been used in the same, you know, oh, films see. that the yeah. director Gary has. Yeah, he just loves you. Loves using him. He has the exact same line. He's like, it happens all the time. <laughs> after them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he does the same line to Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. Little... Nice thing to keep oh, through your movies. Got Why a lot not? Of continuity there, like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple. It's a staple of his movies. Yeah. It's quite a sad scene, but you know when she finally is like, "Oh yeah, I'll go out to the beach and stuff." Oh yeah, it's not. Nice. And then the Mean Girls. Well, 
we think they're mean girls. Oh, they're they not like, mean. Yeah, they're like the mean girls. They, like, help her because they're like, oh, you come in this tent, you can get change and no one will know anything. You can get away from the paparazzi. And then they t- move the tent and she's, like, naked. That is really bad. And she's 15. Yeah. And all the paparazzi come around and, like, do you know, if any of those pictures are actually published... It would be pornography. Oh, exactly. Pornography. Yeah. I think that Disney didn't think that one through. Yeah, but I don't think Disney are always <laughs> the most um, appropriate... Yeah, and the then she gets times. in trouble for it. Yeah, that's really bad. A lot of shaming on Mio, and she's literally yeah, doing nothing wrong. Yeah, the, you know what? I'm looking at it as a new light. This <laughs> yeah. is uh, mm. upsetting. Yeah. It's very upsetting. I can't believe Julie Andrews would get involved in something like that. Oh, no, what's going on? What's going on? No. Uh, the other thing I like in the first one is, of course, the apart from the makeover thing. I was never into makeover movies anyway as a kid. Yeah. Like the except, actual makeover part of it. Miss Congeniality. Yeah, but even then, it's like not like I was actually that bothered about the makeover part. Um, you know, when she sat in the chair with Paolo and whatever. Yeah. I liked the bit where she was getting like the training. So, with the like book and how to wave and she's yeah. tied to like the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Hello. Yeah. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> you know. It's kind of all the stuff that you had always stereotypically thought a princess would do, but and then you kind of see it happen and she just makes it really funny. Yeah. I think Anne Hathaway's performance generally just makes everything. Mm-hmm. like it just lifts everything otherwise it would be really like kind of dull to watch which yeah. is just really funny and really animated yes and that's what you need is you need someone with that charisma yeah in the role well I guess that's why they hired her she must have just radiated that straight from that initial mm-hmm. audition Pulling off a chip <laughs> yeah <laughs> because otherwise why would you cast her yeah from just one tape or one audition you know exactly yeah and it's you know it's got an emotional heart to it and the whole thing is she's afraid of public speaking afraid of what it means to be a princess mm-hmm. she finds her eventually finds the diary mm-hmm. <laughs> left to her by her dad and there's a letter inside and she reads it and he's sort of encouraging her to sort of not necessarily take the throne of Genovia but stay true to herself does it explain in the film but like <laughs> I, I I was always again a bit confused like why does she not know her dad is his king so basically they didn't tell her, her whole life she could have a normal life but because her dad died like two months ago. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, we need to, like, Queen Clarice is like, we need a new heir, so I need to go find my granddaughter mm-hmm. and tell her about everything mm-hmm. and la, 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 la. So presumably the mum was just like, I do not want my daughter being a princess. Yeah, because she, that's why she broke up with him. Right. She was like, I don't want to walk behind him down an aisle and just sit there being quiet and well-behaved. Like, like she's an artist, remember, the mum, yeah. and she, like, needs a cool San Francisco life. Yeah, I mean, their house is a vibe. Yeah. It's got this spiral staircase that goes up to her room. Yeah. And she has the pole. The pole as well. Because it's an old fireman's building. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of wonder, like, how the heck did you afford that in San Francisco? This is a big <laughs> space you've got here. Yeah, but he's a prince. So they make a point in mentioning that he gave her the money for the private school and presumably he was helping with the, the rent. <laughs> <laughs> presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was assisting with the rent. Yeah. So, you know, I think those little details can make sense yeah. within the world that was created. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a sweet story. I mean, why do you like The Princess Diaries, the first one? I mean, it is super nostalgic. For I've watched it so many times, but like, I'm kind of looking at it in a new light with all these things. I'm like, oh, actually, oh, I don't know about that. But I think on the whole, it is kind of self-empowering. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, she kind of decides, you know, that actually rejecting the stereotypes of what a princess is you could actually have an impact on people's lives mm-hmm. i think ultimately she chooses to do that and yeah. i think that she thinks that you know what actually i've been given an opportunity uh i should take it and i can do good things with it 
that's, that's kind of what she comes to. Yeah, that's her whole end speech. It's like, how many times in a day do I use the word me, me, me? Power, power. <laughs> how lame is that? I mean, come on. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit back on message. Yeah. <laughs> Stay focused, lady. No, uh, yeah. And because uh, I think I think you could have the same film but strip away the like rubbishy romances, strip away some of the importance placed on like the looks and everything and you know, how hideous she was before the makeover. Yeah, Get but, rid of those bits and it's, you know, pretty you know, good movie. Well there's really funny bits where like right at the beginning they're trying to obvious make it obvious how like invisible she is and some guy just sits on her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, no one would do that. Oh yeah. Just and, walk up just sit Oh, sorry. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> She's just sitting there. Like, yeah, and the head teacher like literally doesn't know her name. Oh, yeah. like, hi Lily. Uh, hi Lily's friend. Yeah, just like <laughs> ignore her. Yeah. So random. It is funny. But hey, like you said, at least they're showing it. And they're not just using loads of expositionary dialogue to say, I feel so invisible today. That is a big thing I have where I I hate... Who likes expositionary dialogue? No, no, no. Exposition is necessary sometimes. But I think people use that as an excuse to use exposition. And it's just like, exposition should be used in like a scene where, let's say, you're doing something on like a completely foreign planet. You literally need a short bit to describe the context of this planet. That's it. You don't need to say what the planet is like. You can show that, but you need to just, the background, that's fine. You know? well, it'll need to come out at some point. Well, that's what I mean, but like... Usually, not all the time. That's, that's what I'm saying, is that people often use it to excess, and I think that I was like, oh, a bit unrealistic, someone sits on her, but at the same time... <laughs> does the job make sure you the think job she's invisible? <laughs> <laughs> just, it's because he's like, turns around so casually, like, oh, sorry. Mate, you know, she's just yeah. out of her. Like, <laughs> There's this like big motif about her popping her leg when she kisses people as well. Yeah. Like, I th- my leg pops. Yeah, it's a bit, it's like a big trope as well. Yeah, but. and it's like the fairy tale princessy thing. Yeah. Apparently, people's. I don't think my legs ever popped up when I've kissed anyone. How about you? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, Your foot pops. Who does that? I don't know. Anne Hathaway, evidently. It's maybe Cinderella, uh, but like I don't know anyone in real life who would do it. I need to watch Cinderella. I don't want to watch the old Disney cartoons. And, to like, see if see it if actually... It, no, I think are. it does, like, happen. Like, they just place their foot up. Okay, well, let's research that. Let's okay. go look. Disney they, tropes. <laughs> Leg pop. They <laughs> pop their foot. Yeah. It just pops. Yeah. Funny. Bend and snap. Bend and snap. Totally uh, but there you go. <laughs> there's a funny um, story about how... You know the scene on the bleachers where she, like, slips and falls? Mm-hmm. That was just... She thing. just fell. Yeah. And it's jokes. <laughs> and they just kept like, it in. They were like, oh, that's kind of funny. That's great. That. Well, that whole Mia's thing is meant to be very clumsy and all this sort of thing. Maybe Anne Hathaway is just clumsy. Yeah, maybe she is. I always like the bit as well where she runs across the grass and it's like, get off the grass. Oh, yeah. And they're doing all the different languages. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes like, oh. Well, yeah. Okay. Run, run, run. And, the bit, and just after that, um, her grandmother gives us like, precious necklace from when she was mm. a kid and then she just like shoves it in a bag and just chucks yeah. it around in a bag and the grandma's like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean Julie's facial expressions are pretty on point yeah. the whole movie yeah Julie is great yeah there's a little romance between her and Joe her head of security which mm. comes to full fruition in the second movie I actually as a quite, big subplot I quite like that relationship actually yeah I mean it I think it's, it's 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 much better than Mia's relationships, like in terms yes, of just is. tone and vibe and like... The people are both nice. You root for them. Yeah, you, you kind of root for the relationship. Whereas with Mia, both the guys are... And even the second one, they're both... Like, oh, yeah, it's not awful. that bothered by no, Chris the, Pine either. You will get us the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but yes, yeah, so that's a nice little romance. And actually that was sort of inspired by Julie Andrews and Hector Alonso saying... 
we think they should get together. Like, we think there's something there. Mm. And that was added to the script. Oh, good. Or sort of developed as they were shooting. Nice. So sort of like the love story between Lilari and yeah. uh, uh, Tony Shalhoub. Well, when you're such established actors, I think that uh, you come up with a few good ideas. So I respect it. Yeah. Gary Marshall will be like, yes, I'll take that idea. Thank you very much. There's like a conflict as well with Lily, isn't there? Like at one point. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of a weird one where Lily's like annoyed at her for being a princess. And then she's like, oh, but I want you to be a princess. Yeah. I'm annoyed at you for changing and having to do all these things. But even so, I want you to make a difference. Yeah, well, princess. it's because she like doesn't show up to her podcast yeah, she's recording. Just, and... But Lily's generally just a big grumpy, isn't she? Like, Yeah, that's true. It's all teenage angst and all that of the age yeah exactly <laughs> can't argue with that uh, yeah. let's go on to Prince Diaries 2 then because the first one is great so we'll move on to the second one the second one is a fun watch <laughs> mm. I have a few issues so th- you go for it the first issue I have is so they bring back Lily mm-hmm. but she's almost completely irrelevant yeah and, like, in the first one, I'm not saying she has, like, the most pivotal impact to the story, but she provides a bit of conflict, uh, mm. a bit of support, you know, yeah. kind of a back and forth with the main character, Mia. Mm. In the second one, she shows up, and that's about it. Yeah. And I just don't really get it. It feels very, you know, with, like, how so many films have started doing this, like, spin-offs and stuff, it feels almost fan service mm. I'm not saying that yeah. it is a fan service. I'm just saying that that's what it feels no, like. No, and a lot of sequels are like that, like, a lot of jokes are reused and all these things a queen is never late she's simply early like there's all the lines that are famous from the first one that they reuse in the second one of course Mm -hmm. uh the trouble with sequels generally Mm -hmm. and this is a victim to it as well is the fact that yes in the first film they're compelling because the character goes on a journey and changes and learns from these things sequels often the character they sort of push them back so mia is still very like um clumsy and yeah. like being a bit dumb in a lot of ways and you know it's like but she kind of learned to uh, like kind of move past that exactly yeah, and she's so. you know and it's not that she shouldn't have an original personality but you know the journey as she actually goes on isn't very different and the main problem I have with plot mm. is specifically this one but it is applies to a lot of movies is when the thing that saves the hero's journey or whatever is something they literally could have done at the start of the movie which is she could have said, maybe I could talk to Parliament and get them to do a motion where I could change this stupid law. Yeah. Nobody suggests that at the start of the movie, mm-hmm. where as soon as she finds out, it has to be all this, and then she just says, oh, I could file a motion to change that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's a very simple solution. Yeah. There's no, like, sort of figuring out or... Yeah. It's almost poor writing at that point. Well, that's, it's a poor plot, yeah, is poor what I'm basically yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. It's a, very, it's a very simple plot. When a character could have, should have... If they're meant to be a smart character, mm-hmm. she's gone to uni, she's, you know, we know Mia's clever, just she's clumsy. But she she's studied, not, like, international development. Yeah, she's, like, she's not stupid. Women. She's yeah. clumsy and a bit, you know, whatever, but yeah. she's not a stupid woman, and so is the Queen's not meant to be either. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they don't think, oh, let's file a parliamentary motion, which presumably we've done for loads of other stupid laws in the past. Mm-hmm. Why is that not suggested at the start of the movie? Right, right. Yeah, that is a kind of a hole in the whole thing. Yeah, and loads of films have that problem where it's mm. like the sort of climax is them realizing this thing which should have been realized in really. line with the character yeah. and where they are in the story and the world that's been established around mm. them they should already know that yeah and that's the nice thing about the first one is is there is a development yes. as in she genuinely changes over the course of the film because of the events of the course of the film yeah you know and 
yeah, so the second one, yeah, you're completely right. Big, <laughs> big plot hole there. Uh, but I'd say also my, my problem with the second one, um, it just feels so like... It's very silly, not funny. Yeah, it feels silly and it feels like so in service of a love relationship. The first one's love relationship is kind of like... Well, they're the worst bits and they're sort of hanging off the side. You don't right, really but need they're, them. they're hanging off the side. Yeah, you don't need and, them. And that's not essential to the character. Yeah. But the second one, because it's so focused on just her needing a man, I just feel a bit like... Exactly, and her not being able, and her not being able to work out earlier that she could do something else without like, the man. Yeah, without yeah. you know, work out about trying to go to parliament, or maybe she could have gone and campaigned around the whole country and been like, "Let's all band together, all the women, and change this law." Mm-hmm. Like, and that, like, that's what in my head a character like Mia would have done. Mm-hmm. But they have her just like go with it because there's nice bits where like you know the scene where they're doing the procession and she gets she sees like the kids bullying Abigail Breslin Abigail Breslin <laughs> and a cheeky little cameo there. cameo there yeah she sees them bullying Abigail Breslin's like you know side character or whatever she goes over and kind of is like hey don't be bullies and now you Abigail Breslin and all you know there's a collection of orphans, orphans and she just says come join me in the procession yeah, you know, and then and then she has she impacts it by saying that she wants to make an orphanage in one of her spare houses till they can build a new proper. You know, so that that kind of reflects to me the problem with the film is like you are now you're taking a good idea and putting it as a secondary to this romance when actually the romance could have been the secondary thing to this like you know her becoming yeah, interested in social justice and like trying to progress. Yeah, that's Genovia what we ladies and, like, wanted to see. Thank you very much. But that's what I mean is it's just like. There are some cool bits in the second one where I'm like, oh, that's that was a nice bit. That was a good idea. Maybe you could have expanded that. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and that's the thing. It's like they show with that that the character's smart and passionate exactly. about change. Yeah. So why at the start isn't she thinking about this idea that literally happens at the end? It's not even her idea. The guy, the parliament guy is like, file a motion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Which the queen would have known. Yeah, exactly. Even that's if, what she I'm didn't, if she didn't know, the queen would have known. Exactly. she's worked with the parliament Or she would have years. said to them, to the queen and the parliament, can we change this law? Because it's stupid. Yeah. Instead of going to look at Prince Harry or whoever on the screen. But I guess the concept was that at the beginning, they were being so influenced by John Reese Davies' character that they would not have accepted a motion filed. Well, I don't think so, because they don't show... They don't see... They, like, Clarice just says that he's snaky and slimy, but nobody seems to like him. If they had a scene or something where he was paying people off or hosting everyone at his house or... Clarice sees him as an actual someone to come up against an antagonist like a true antagonist but like yeah like someone who's his match who's yeah. her match yeah. in terms of power almost mm-hmm. yeah that makes a lot more sense yeah but he's not presented that way that's true they could have put him yeah. in, a, in a bit of a different light towards the rest of parliament as well exactly. like they could have seen him as someone who was actually they agreed with yeah but they, they kind of just do it because they're just like oh, oh that's the law I guess oh that's the law yeah yeah exactly but if he's manipulating them if he's a very influential it could have been like a blackmail story or something exactly. going on we could have rewritten this film together maybe we should <laughs> Princess Diaries 2 not 3 Princess yeah. Diaries 2 Redux yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and there's just some very like silly cheesy things in the movie like the the two maids are like really annoying and oh, grating so, what's up with their accent I know it's like such a bad English accent but then there's a bit no, where they it's supposed to be English genuinely yeah I, I think so I don't know I genuinely didn't know what it was supposed but to be but then there's the bit where they like sing I've been working on the railway road and they're singing in an obvious American accent so <laughs> you're just like okay well they're definitely no, but not what British. I don't get is they have people I think authentically doing the accents and then they for some reason don't 
Well, some, what on earth is the language or the accent in Genovia? I mean, it's well, a no, mixture it's of French mixture. and English, American. It's like everything. But I wouldn't say the best direction choice is to tell your characters, do a generic Europe slash English thing. Mm. Doesn't really work. Well, no, it's a bad English accent is what that mate does. Okay. It's like, hello, Mish. See, <laughs> really I couldn't even tell that. I think it was an attempt at a very bad British accent. Okay, well... <laughs> Uh, good try, but uh, yeah. big swing and a miss for me on that yeah. one. Uh, and I failed to mention, like I said, I needed to wanted to circle back to this actor who was in the second movie. Oh, yeah. Bit of Raven Simone pops up. Yeah, Raven Simone, classic. Yes. I was also a bit questioning why she's there. She's, well, because there, there were meant to be like all these queens and princesses from other places in the world. Yeah. And then she has the very strange singing. Yeah, she has the very cheesy song it's with Julie It's not very good. It's not a great song, no, but when you know the backstory of, like, what Julie Andrews, was, that was the first song she'd, like, sang and recorded since she had... So, basically, little backstory is in yeah. 1997, she had throat surgery because she had, like, lesions on her throat. Oh, and, that's um, quite damaging. Yeah. Well, no, you, so you should be able to get them removed. Oh, okay, I see. And so this surgeon said he'd remove them, and she wasn't told that it could damage her voice. Mm-hmm. Basically, she had the surgery, and it literally damaged all her vocal cords with a load of scarring from mm-hmm. it, and she can't sing anymore. Um, and it really affected her voice, how she talked, affected, as I said, how she sang. So she literally, Julie Andrews, <laughs> queen of singing, and now she can't sing. And so that was the first thing they she had sang, and they... You can tell her bits are very low, like it's just, and it's more speaky singing. It is quite speaky singing, I know. Because she can't sing. She can't sing. That's that's really sad. Yeah, that's very sad. Um, So I I think it was quite, it's quite like, it was quite, I know behind the scenes it was quite a moving moment for her and the Mm -hmm. crew Mm -hmm. and people who knew her story. Mm -hmm. And so for me, knowing that extra, I'm like, well, I kind of, I still appreciate the song for that, Mm -hmm. even though the song's a bit rubbish. And then you've got that random bit where that girl gets up and starts crumping. (laughs) kind of funny yeah and there's the bits where they they sing with the pots on their head to try and and, like the maid I don't really get it though the second one does have a super iconic scene which is part of that whole shebang where they go on the mattress sliding mattress surfing mattress surfing yeah that's it yeah that's which is super iconic that's great and fun fact Julie Andrews did that stunt herself She's up there, sliding down the mattress. Was, while, while it was happening and I was watching it, I was thinking like, okay, did she do this herself? Did she do this yeah. herself? Because there's a shot you can see of her face mm-hmm. while she's kind of doing it. It's a quick shot. But like, I was like, actually, that looked like she might have been doing it. Yeah. You know? So, I can imagine she's Sliding down that, that slide. To be fair, I'd do it. Yeah, why not? It seems a bit fun, doesn't it? I mean, if you fall, yeah. you just fall on a mattress. <laughs> it's not that deep. They might have had wires as well. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, worst thing's worse. I mean, she, she she's not super young, so yeah, you don't want to break a bone, but uh, yeah. She, she like loved it. She, yeah, she was I mean, she did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and you know, the first Princess Diaries is, it was credited for obviously starting Anne Hathaway's career, but it's also credited with rejuvenating Julie Andrews's film career, really. Right. Where there'd been a break. Well, yeah, she hadn't done a movie for like 15 years or something because she was doing loads of musical stuff. Then she had a surgery mishap and then she just sort of had to stop loads of projects mm. and you know she was getting used to speaking again mm. and all this that's stuff. really sad i mean i know someone i know had a similar thing where you know they were a good musician and then had issues with vocal stuff and basically couldn't sing for ages it must be really hard if it's a big part of your life it must be really strange it's like yeah. losing a sense in a way exactly yeah um 
Yeah. So yeah, so I, I like the music singing bit of um that will be your crowning glory. Is it very cheesy? No, not the best song. It is cheesy, but I kind of appreciate it in a off camera way. If that yeah. makes sense. There's also my uh, gorgeous I want to mention, prince. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the melodies. I don't know, <laughs> but um, I want to mention big shout out to my guy Beans from Even Steven. Is oh yeah. Name? What's his actual name? I can't remember. Spencer Breslin, who's Abigail Breslin's brother. Yeah. Apparently. Who's who's one of the little princes at the start? I didn't realise they were related. They're literally brother and sister. I did not know that that was brother and sister duo. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And then they play actual brothers and sisters in Raising Helen. Fun fact. They're a little dynamic duo. Yeah. Dang. I mean, they're like us, brother and sister. <laughs> well, we are as famous as them, <laughs> for sure. Maybe they'll start a podcast. Everyone is these days. Yeah, true. <laughs> Including us. <laughs> Including us. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, yeah. you thought I'd give a shout out to my guy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Spencer Preston's in there. Yeah. Bit of there's, Raven's There's time. more. Surely there's more. Or have we forgotten? Have we... No, but there's some iconic songs in the second one that are like good songs. There's the Kelly Clarkson Breakaway song that <laughs> pops up in the procession. Yeah. That was classic. No, that was no, no, Breakaway no. album, Kelly Clarkson. Don't care what anyone says. Like the most iconic album of the 2000s. No, no, oh. no, no, no. That bit is the cheesiest thing I've seen in a film in a long time. I'll spread my wings. No, because it starts off with a drum roll. He's like... Drum roll, please. And they start doing an actual drum roll and then it just transitions right into the song. Yeah. And it's such a cheesy transition. I just couldn't believe it when I watched it. I was like, this is so ridiculous. There's also a funny bit at the end where it's like, it ends with the song, This Is My Time To Shine. And there's literally like only four lines from it. And then it goes into this song that Lindsay Lohan's obviously singing, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Disney classic. Oh Yeah, yeah. No, she was kicking off her music career around this time. If you're interested in listening to <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, Go back to our listen Lindsay Lohan episode from oh, season yeah. two. When are we going to be doing a Raven Simone episode? I know we've got to do all the Disney, uh, the Disney queens, the, the Disney queens. Yeah, yeah, they're happening at some point. But anyway, we haven't. We yes, we've kind of talked about how all the romance is sort of the meh part of the film. But mm. shall we have any credit to Chris Pine or his performances, character, anything you want to add? Actually, you know what? He's not a bad actor. He's in not it. a bad actor in it. Like, and not as John Reese Davies. Like, no. he makes the part watchable. Yeah. <laughs> There's one bit that I don't like, which is the bit where he's telling the plan to his nephew, to oh, Chris yeah. Pine. That's the dialogue, though. Yeah, and I was a bit like, is this the dialogue or is this a... Like, John Reese davies does this thing where he just runs up <laughs> to the dartboard and then turns and says something. And I was a bit like, ooh... I felt cringy to me. Yeah, it's, it's like, because he says, um, he like runs and throws, well, he runs and puts the arrow in the bullseye. Yeah. And then uh, his nephew, like, Chris you, Pine, you is cheated. like, he's like, you, yeah, that's cheating. And he's like, exactly, cheating. Yeah, it was It'd be weird. better if he just like, but this is where. Just no, no words. Just You don't need expert. He's like, yeah. a good, good director, cut that bit of that script. You don't need it. Just a little nod. From John Rhys Davies. That's good enough. He's a subtle actor. He could be like, mm hmm. Gimli is a subtle man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good actor. Yeah. He could have, you know, done something mm. with it. And yeah, there's loads of lines where it's like, yeah. The writing in the first one at times isn't great, but the second one is like more obviously bit, yeah. really bad at points. And you I, weren't you weren't a fan of that random was it Irish presenter that was oh, just running she's around. So annoying. <laughs> so in the first one, they kind of have this motif of like there's like a TV presenter saying some things, right? Yeah. Kind of. In the second one, everything gets described by this Scottish presenter. Yeah. And I was always... Oh, it's Scottish, yeah. She yeah, and I was just like, why is she describing everything that's <laughs> happening? And it's like, I just... We can see it. Yeah. Why are you telling me? I can literally see this. 
Well, she's meant to reflect sort of the, the media craze, isn't she? I thought it was supposed to be like an extension of the diary. But uh, like the mm. describing everything in the diary, I don't know. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't. I think you're thinking about it too deeply, to be honest. You know what? I probably <laughs> am. But at the same time, I don't need it. Well, no, I, just going back, I give credit to Chris Pine. He's actually quite good in it, and he's got only so much to work with. His character is a little bit creepy. He times. just basically listens to what his uncle wants yeah. for no reason. He's like, oh, did my dad tell you that he wanted me to be king? And uh, his uncle's like, yes, of course. It's like, oh. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> but it's, equally, he also seems a bit not bothered. Yeah, well, no, he's not, because by the end, he's like, I, re- I renounce my... But even like, at that bit where he's like, your dad did tell you to do this, yeah. he's a bit like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just doesn't really react. Exactly. And again, if you showed the uncle being, like, really loving or having a lot of influence on him and, like, people around him... You could understand the sort of exploitation going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, but they don't lean into that at all. It's like they're just trying mm. to make it so obvious that he's not a nice uncle. Yeah. It, that to the audience. For maybe because it's a kids' film, they're just like, yeah, let's true. make it super, super obvious. Like really like a flat villain, like yeah. nothing else to them. Just exactly. Like, yeah, I'm just mean and I want the power. But I think one dimensionality really does a disservice to characters and to films because yeah. I think that kids don't need they don't need to see something so obvious as long as you show it in a way. They yeah. will figure it out. It's like, oh, he's he seems to be nice, but then he's actually being mean to me. And you know yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, no. So it's like behind the curtain yeah exactly you would see that and yes well like i said we should have obviously written this script we really really should have done something good here (laughs) yeah (laughs) well do you want to guess what the tomato meter is for the princess diaries one and two they're different but go for i I would assume they're quite different number one i'm going to give i don't think critics would have loved it is this the the tomato meter is a critic score yeah okay so the critics i'm going to go for like 60 percent less 50%? 50%? Basically, 49%. Oof. And then what do you think for the second one? Even less, probably 35%. Less. 30%? Less. 25%? Basically, 26%, yeah. Wow. Oh, jeez. I mean, yeah, the second one's not a great film, like, like, let's be honest, but, you know, iconic I, part of the childhood, of course, as I said, Julie Andrews still in it. Do love that. Yeah. Even though within, I have very big problems with the actual plot, the kind of like sweetness of that final scene in the wedding chapel yeah. where it's kind of switcheroo of who gets married and stuff. I that's think that's a cool idea. Nice. Yeah. I think that's done nicely. And it's like, if if the plot wasn't such a big problem of like, me, I should have figured this out ages ago. You know, that's annoying. But actually the way that scene's set up and like, when her mum comes in, and again, that's logically stupid. Like, why would her mum leave her daughter's wedding? Mm-hmm. Even if the baby needs to be changed. Right. Like, Give it to the husband. Yeah, yeah. Like, the mum will stay. Uh, but anyway, never mind. Yeah. I'm going off track here. What I mean to say is it's kind of sweet, the little banter. She's like, what's happening? The Queen's getting married. Yeah. What the hell, man? You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's like yeah. a bit silly. No, but that's, what, that's what I said earlier, is is there are those moments where you're like, this could have been the sort of idea behind mm. the film, or it could have been a major plot point rather than a subplot kind of going on, mm. or like a tiny little influence of the character or whatever. Yeah we could have just changed it all. what's yeah. going on there no no I mean there's yeah there's definitely charming bits to the second one mm-hmm. a lot more charming bits in the first one yeah and everyone's um, just a little bit more likeable in the first one yeah I think, yeah as well. as well it's true actually and you know staple of the childhood I'm never gonna 
not love the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially like I'm never going to not love the first one. I'll say we can look back with a bit of criticism now, as yeah, we do, yeah. as you do in life. But <laughs> as one does, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> yeah. But equally, Princess Diaries is totally iconic, and I mean, you know, I'm always going to love it. I'll put it on and just enjoy it. Of course. Also, you know, I said at the start, like, obviously the critic score is not very good. But when I talk to people about The Princess Diaries, mm. people like it. Yeah. You know, it's, it is. Apparently, astounding. 68% of people like it, if you want to know that. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was thinking would be the right kind of uh, score. 59% of them the second one. So not that big a difference, really. No, but I would have put the number around 65, 70%, maybe, with the audience score. Yeah. So. So well, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that was a good looking back at the classics. It was great. Well, it's well, opened my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> to some things I hadn't really thought about necessarily. And also it's opened uh, everyone else's eyes to what an amazing script the second one could have been. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We really should get on that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to commission one of us to film a podcast to uh, write a script for them? Yes. No worries. Uh, <laughs> well, specifically The Princess Stories too. Exactly. <laughs> we'll remake it. Rewrite the script. You rewrite the script. Well, we... <laughs> yeah. We have so... For reference, Cassie and I had an idea. Had an idea about coming up with a segment called "Rewrite the Script." We got so far as to sort of write a, a soundbite for it. Yeah, and didn't do anything else with it. No, well, maybe it'll make an appearance season four. So maybe keep it secret still. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> First, you there know. you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, is Princess Diaries a staple of your childhood as it is ours? Mm. Uh, maybe you love the second one. Yeah, totally fair. Maybe Whatever more than the first. Maybe you like more <laughs> than the first. There you go. Maybe you love a bit of that uh, that that song. We've got it on your iPod. The no, whatever. How does it go? It again. My gorgeous prince. No. Please sing it again. Well, next week it's our season finale, so mm-hmm. that's the end of season three. Wow. And that's very exciting. We've yeah. got a very exciting episode. We hope you are. Very excited to hear what our special theme is going to be. As always. We We're going to drop that over the next few weeks mm-hmm. uh, leading up to our finale. So nice. there's there's enough time, two weeks, to get all those other episodes in. If you've got to catch up with ones, if you've missed some, go back. If you just want to re-listen to some because mm-hmm. you loved it so We've much. We've had some great episodes this season. Yeah, exactly. So make you sure you check them out. Make sure you check them out. Mm-hmm. And see you next time. See you on the other side.